0: Hallelujah, Christ is risen. Dear Christians, this morning, three women venture forth to the tomb of Jesus, and they go there to properly prepare Jesus' body for burial, which the press of time and Sabbath restrictions had prevented earlier. But when they get there, they don't find a dead body. Instead, they find an empty tomb with the seal broken and the giant stone rolled aside. And a young man dressed in a white robe, sitting on the right side, announcing that wonderful and temporarily paralyzing message that Jesus had risen from the dead. Pointing to the tomb that was now empty, you seek Jesus of Nazareth, who is crucified. He is risen. He is not here See the place where they laid him. Christians all over the world this day are celebrating the feast of the resurrection of our Lord. The message that he is risen is recited by ministers all over the world, and their congregations respond with their joyful alleluia. Well, I believe so many Christians take this message to heart and truly believe that Jesus rose, I suspect that there is room for improvement and a greater vision from all of us on what this day means. That is, what it means for me personally and what this day means for you personally, that Jesus rose from the dead on Easter Sunday. My first insight into this came during a Bible study on the creed at my first parish. A very saintly and devout woman happily admitted that when she confessed the words, I believe in the resurrection of the body, she had always thought that she was committing herself to the belief that Jesus rose from the dead. And that's true. But how tickled and surprised she was to consider for the first time that when she said, I believe in the resurrection of the body, she was actually talking about her body. Her body being raised from the grave. Her body being raised incorruptible at the trumpet's blast. And her body awaking at the gentle voice of her Savior Jesus, calling her forth from the grave. You just should have seen her eyes light up. At that one. So this morning I'd like to speak to you in the simplest way possible to highlight the significance of Jesus' resurrection. And specifically what it means for you and for your loved ones and for your little children too. To get to the heart of things, let me ask you, why did Christ rise from the dead? Why? I can tell you by experience what the most common answers are. And none of them are usually wrong. Jesus rose from the dead because he had to. He said he would. That's what they'll say. And that's true. Or there's this. Jesus rose from the dead because he's God and God is powerful. And that's true too. The children, they will say, Jesus rose from the dead because he loves me. Again, all true and profoundly so. But at the most basic level, Jesus rose from the dead because his death actually and truly took away the sins of the whole world. That's what we've got to know. That's the big thought that we've all got to learn to hold on to. That death made the fatal mistake of going after an innocent man. And so death was dealt a crushing blow. That's the beauty of Easter. St. Peter in his Pentecost sermon put it this way, God raised him up, loosing the pangs of death, because it was not possible for him to be held by it. Got that? Death had no claim on an innocent innocent man. You see, the Bible teaches us that the sin of Adam brought sin and death upon the whole human race. So God promised to send his son, a second Adam. And that righteous act of Christ in the once-for-all sacrifice of his flesh upon the cross, it brought forgiveness of sins life and salvation in the place where sin and death and condemnation had once reigned unchallenged. But now the challenger had come, and Jesus. In his passion, Jesus bore all the sins. He bore all that our sins deserved, including even the punishment of hell. In victory from the cross, he cried out, It is finished. And after Christ was made alive in his grave, he descended into hell to proclaim victory over all of the powers of hell. And then when he rose triumphantly from the grave on the third day, death literally cracked under his pierced feet. If you want to enjoy Easter to its fullest, this is the thought that you've got to hold on to With your hearts. Our Lord had to rise from the dead because his death paid the price for sin demanded by the law. Therefore, he did not rise from the dead simply because he was too powerful to remain in the grave. Instead, Jesus rose from the dead because his death actually, truly took away the sins of the whole world. And so up from the grave he rose. What does this mean for you? What does this mean for your children and for those whom you love? Well, Jesus sure wasn't raised from the dead for himself. He was raised for the likes of you and bestows upon you a present and future status, forgiveness of sins, Renewal of life and the privilege, the glorious privilege to be seated with him in the heavenly places. God's word teaches us that Jesus is the first fruits of them that sleep. That's just a pretty way of saying that Jesus is the first one out of the cemetery. And that all of his Christians will just follow on right behind him, right in his train, That hallowed ground serving as just a temporary resting place until we are called forth in glory to assume a new bodily and heavenly life in the new creation, never to experience decay or corruption ever again. This is all to say that there is an unbreakable link between the concrete reality of Jesus' resurrection and the concrete reality of your resurrection. One is just as sure and certain as the other. Dear friends, Christ is promised, and he is guaranteed by his work that we will accompany him wherever he goes. Our identification with the Lord is such that where he goes, we shall go. As God in the flesh, Christ has gone to prepare a place for us, and when he returns in glory to finally consummate his kingdom, he will take us home with him, and not as mere spiritual beings, but as beings with glorified bodies, just like his glorious body. Jesus is the first fruits of those sleeping in the grave. Jesus' resurrection was the first, but it certainly won't be the last. We, we are the remainder of the harvest, and we're coming to. We will be with him, and we will be like him, shining like the sun and made suitable to enjoy an eternity in the presence of the triune God. That's the joy of this day. That is Easter joy. And it's for certain. It's absolute, it's a concrete reality. His resurrection was first announced by an angel to the women in our gospel reading this morning. But that was just the start of it. Because he also appeared to Mary Magdalene and was worshipped by her. Risen from the grave, he walked with the two disciples on the road to Emmaus, making himself known to them in the scriptures and in the breaking of the bread. Risen from the grave, he showed himself to the disciples in the upper room, bestowing on them his peace and blessed spirit. He also showed his wounded hands and side to the apostle Thomas, so that he too might believe He appeared also to the seven disciples on the Sea of Tiberias, bringing a miraculous catch of fish. He appeared also to Peter and to the Twelve, and to over 500 disciples, to James and all the other apostles, and later also to St. Paul on the Damascus Road. Dear friends of God, all of these eyewitnesses of Jesus' resurrection They dedicated the rest of their lives to preach this gospel. That Jesus was delivered up for our trespasses and raised for our justification. All of these eyewitnesses of the resurrection, they forsook their old livelihood. They put everything on the line to go to the ends of the earth to share the good news of Christ's resurrection from the dead. Folks, no one would do this for a lie. No one would put it all on the line for a lie. Not one of them. Not one of them, while being beheaded or fed to lions, boiled in oil, crucified upside down, or burned alive, changed their story or the confession that Jesus was raised from the dead. Instead, they sang hymns of trust, and praise, knowing that the Lord who defeated death would raise their bodies up to. So I want you to keep that in mind this morning, as the risen Christ meets you at the altar rail, because in the Holy Communion, His risen body is joined to your body. His risen blood mingles with your blood and courses through your veins. Jesus says, whoever feeds on my flesh and drinks my blood has eternal life, and I will raise him up on the last day. May we all enjoy such faith as the martyrs and saints of God, that our resurrection will be patterned after our blessed Lord's, and that where he goes, we too shall go. This is all to say that this season of Easter, when you rejoice in the words, He is risen, remember that the truthfulness of this proposition guarantees that the same things will one day said about you. We are risen. We are risen indeed. In the name of Jesus, amen. Amen. Alleluia, Christ is risen.